Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. I'm a rebel today. Would do this. If you're not on YouTube, you're missing out. I took my headphones off. I think this is just one of those things that uh, people. What do you? What is wrong with your mic? I don't know. It's like loose. Ugh. Ooh. I, f- I fear it's just gonna like. You have an drop. interesting angle there. I like it. You're you're you go up. Yeah. I'm blocked with my. I like to be able to see you. Oh. <clears throat> well, now I feel a little bit naked without my earmuffs on. Here. I don't know. They send it with the kit from Amazon, so I feel like I have to wear it. I also couldn't tell if there was an audio issue because I'm the one recording if I didn't wear it. So because oh. I hear what's going into the computer right now. Oh, very good. For those well, listening on YouTube, like, why is he always staring at his laptop? It's, this is where the audio is recorded. You're checking Insta. Usually, yeah. yeah all right, media. housekeeping, odds and ends. Uh, first of all, the podcast is rocking. We really appreciate you sharing. Uh, we are hitting milestones every day, which is just amazing to me when this thing started as just a little pipe dream of, you know, sp- spending out the goodness, the positive energy of, of saving, budgeting, etc. Most exciting announcement we've done in a while. Why is my seat so low? What is happening here? They don't have up oh, and down, whoa. do they? they do. Whoa, goodbye. Whoa. I didn't even know that existed on these oh, ones. Here we go. Okay. These are better. so new. Podcast announcement, DIY money, June 2021. June 2021. If you're listening to this after June, you missed it. You're going to have to go to the website and maybe download the archives. June 2021, we will be holding a DIY money boot camp. Here's the format. It's pretty simple. Every Saturday in June for two hours, probably 9 to 11, maybe 8 to 10. Probably 8 to 10 Eastern. That's aggressive. You got to get after it, bud. Get after Sorry, it. Sorry, Californians. Hey, it's okay because if you sign up, you can get the replay. You don't have to. Mm. Yeah, we have to think about that. Maybe it should be 9 to 11 for the California. Details TBD. Yeah, t- <laughs> time to be, de- to be Sorry. determined. But it'll be a Saturday morning because that's what works for both Daniel and I to record this. It'll be live, <laughs> but if you sign up, it will be archived. You'll get that if you can't attend live. But if you attend live, then you know you can ask questions, etc. A four-part series. So it'll be two hours every Saturday in June. It'll be progressive. So the content will build up over time, talking about basic financial planning, budgeting, etc., all the way up to you know investment strategies, etc. You don't want to miss this. There's a hundred spots because that's all we're paying for on the Zoom. A hundred spots, ninety-nine dollars, ninety-nine bucks. This is me leaning forward with interest. So look, if this isn't for so you, it's twenty-five a session. Not really. Yeah. 24, 25 a session. Whatever. So if you uh, are interested in Put it in, in your that, budget now. If you're interested in that, put it in your budget. It's $99. We have not ever promoted any sort of thing like this other than our book, which is, I think, four ninety five. the cost the of whatever. Go? I lost it. We're looking for it. Uh, DIY money book on Amazon. Logan. But nonetheless- Someone the, stole our book. Yeah, here's the book. Boom. DIY money podcast. If you're listening right now, you're like, what are they talking about? That's our YouTube channel. YouTube. By the way, you got to go and see the coffee. Uh, the coffee is it up thing. yet? I don't think so, but it'll be up by the time this checked. podcast comes out. So, anyways, boot camp. Go to DIYMoney.org. That's DIYMoney.org. 
We'll also promote this in the tribe on Facebook, which we now are closing in on a thousand members. A lot of fun stuff going on there. And Insta, DIY.money. So again, DIYmoney.org. You'll see it on there. It's the boot camp, DIY Money Boot Camp, every Saturday in June. 99 bucks, 100 spots. That's it. And then what we'll do is, if you miss it, we'll archive it. We'll put it on the website. And then we'll, you know, if somebody wants to download it, it'll be like, Two ninety nine or something like that. It won't be the ninety nine bucks, that's for sure. So, anyways, there you go. All right, let's go right to the question of the day from Ramon. Oh, Ramon, I love nice. it. Hit Where'd it. You learn how to do that, Ramon. I, I don't can't know. Do that, it's Ramon. Amazing. What do you got? DIY. Greetings and salutations. My name is Ramon from Yonkers, New York, and um, first of all, I want to say that I find your show very educational and entertaining. Um, My question is, with so many online banks that are popping up left and right, I would like to know how safe are these online banks to put my hard-earned money into? I love that accent. And I love the way he started. Greetings and salutations. That's legit. It would have been awesome if he said, I find your podcast very riveting. (laughs) Ramon, great question. They are popping up everywhere. Uh, This is an interesting subject matter because I think we're seeing a significant transformation in finance. We are seeing the banking industry truly commoditized, which is creating really a big threat for the traditional banking environment. There's still a place for it because just as we were talking about in our firm the other day, there's always going to be people who want to go in and talk to a person. They want to talk to a teller. They want to talk to a banker. They want to you know, kind of do their, their, their banking in a, in a physical location where they can see somebody, etc. However... That movement is dying, and replacing it is this is this virtual world. And you're right. Banks, the online banks, I think they even call them shadow banks to, to a degree. Shadow banking hmm. is maybe – I maybe I just butchered that. And that's no, I've heard totally that before. Different. I'm not exactly sure what a shadow bank versus a – because I've also heard online or digital banking. My I could be wrong, but my thought is a shadow bank is a technology that is overlaid on top of a traditional bank. Like Simple Bank was. That is correct. That makes yeah. sense. So you have this technology where you're depositing money, et cetera, but they don't physically hold the charter, the, the banking charter. Yeah. Which so is, Simple Bank's example, it was Simple Bank, but it was actually BBVA that you had, but they don't exist anymore. So which bad is a, example. Which is a bank in Bolivia, isn't it? Por- uh, Portugal. Is that where Bolivia is? Bolivia is a country? <laughs> no. Is that near Portugal? Uh, no. Bolivia is a relatively undeveloped country in the heart of South America. Geography, not my strong <laughs> suit. Let's keep moving on. Uh, I thought one of the Bs stood for Bolivia. Uh, Banco. Banco Bolivia. I don't think it is. Okay. I thought it was Portugal, but I could be wrong. Nope. Portugal is one of Europe's most visited countries. Yeah. Where's Portugal. Uh, next to Europe? Spain? Yeah, well, I know that, but okay, sorry. Let's keep going on. <laughs> this is bad. So the reality is, though, they are popping up everywhere, and I think you just have to be sure that they they have it, an FDIC insurance 
to protect your capital. I think I've not seen anything advertised in an online bank that is not FDIC insured. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation is a program that will insure your capital up to, I believe it's now $250,000 per person so that in the event that the bank has maybe systemic problems, they, you know, loan amounts out or something along those lines, and the bank can't meet the demand deposit requirements, then your investment, your cash, your your currency, if you will, is is secure. Now, I will tell you, I think that there's a an element of safety and liquidity that one should have when it comes to maybe their emergency fund where you don't necessarily stretch for the greatest yield in some obscure online bank. I can speak to this firsthand because prior to the financial collapse of 08 and 09, my emergency fund was held with, and now legitimately I can't even remember the name, but it was one of the first online banks that didn't have any physical location, not like a capital one. It was like an obscure sort of online bank, and they gave a very strong promotional interest rate at the time. So I moved money over there, no big deal. However, in 2008, 2009, when I started to become concerned about actual liquidity within the banking system, I wanted my money out of there, and I wanted to move it home to my traditional bank, Chase, which was right around the corner where I knew I could go in and use their ATM if I needed to. And it took time to get that money out, and I did not like that. They ultimately implemented, because there was a rush of people looking to get their money out, it was almost like a bank run, they implemented something where I had to now physically request uh, with a letter or a document the capital. They had to send a cashier's check through the mail. I was not happy. So that was a time of incredible financial stress in the industry, and liquidity was an issue. A lot of people really never understood that, but there was a significant liquidity crunch. That's why the Treasury ultimately had to shore up the banking balance sheets, which people got so angry about. But I would say personally, I don't think it's necessarily worth it, my two cents, to venture out in one of these sort of obscure online banks just because they might be offering you know, 25 basis points or 50 basis points more than a savings account. Are they safe? Probably. FDIC insured. Make sure that's the case. But, you know, for me, not really. It's not my cup of tea here. What do you think, Daniel? Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for keeping it simple. Uh, now, if they are a bank and they're FDIC insured, they've they've probably done their due diligence, done their work. Um, so to that respect, I mean, unless you're really straying off the reservation, I think most of the online banks are probably fine. I do recall, I think it was a couple years ago now, Betterment, I think it was, I could be wrong, so don't flame it, but I think it was Betterment. They started, yeah, it's something the cool kids say. Oh, wow. Um, they started like an online, like banking to supplement their investment accounts. And it was like, you know, a savings account, but it was kind of like in the fine print, it wasn't actually a savings account. It was kind of like a sweep fund or money market fund. And so there are nuances there that are different um, sometimes. So as long as it's actually a bank and it's actually a savings account or checking account and not some like exotic product um, that looks like a bank but isn't, it's, the problem is, is when institutions do that, it can be hard to tell. So I don't know how to tell you exactly 
how to get around it. Uh, asking if that account is FDIC insured is a good way because you can't FDIC insure something that's not a bank account. Yeah, it'd have to be a checking or savings to be FDIC insured. Um, because if it's an investment, it'll say not FDIC insured. So that, that's a good way to broach that question if you're actually talking to somebody. If you're online banking, you're probably not talking to anybody. Uh, so what's a good way to do it? Uh, I oh, We're not sponsored by them. Uh, they should sponsor us sometime. Uh, but one of the websites that I use when I'm looking at a new bank or institution or something like that to research them and just figure out, you know, is it reputable? As I go to magnifymoney.com. Again, that's not a sponsorship. It's just something that I use. Uh, the reason I go there is they list a lot of these financial institutions, uh, list like the best rates and stuff like that. But they also list kind of like the fine print score, you know, A, B, C, or D. Like, A, hey, the fine print is really clear. D, like, blah, there's lots of stipulations and randomness attached. You might want to think again. They're not telling you you should or shouldn't use a certain bank, but it kind of gives you an objective score, which I kind of like. Uh, the other risk that you run into with some of these online banks is what happened to our family with Simple. Uh, bank again, Simple Bank. It was a shadow bank. Had technology built. I think it was BBVA Bank or something like that. Um, that bank pulled out uh, of the U.S. Basically, gave their U.S. services to I think PNC Bank. Our accounts got transferred. They removed the cool technology Simple Bank on top of that. It was pointless for us. Now we just had a random standard bank account at another bank. We moved our money back to our normal bank. So it was just kind of a pain in the butt. So if you're using kind of one of these newfangled online banks, just know that like mergers happen and stuff like that. That's more of a headache than anything. What they're going to do is give you a new account number, new debit cards, all that. But in the process, it's kind of a hassle if you've got stuff linked. Man, that sucks. Keep it simple. I mean, I think you got to keep it simple. One thing in our country we have not seen, and this has happened in other countries, we have not seen an, a liquidity crisis to where you can't get at your capital. And I mean from, a let's say, an electronic standpoint. Uh, during Hurricane Katrina, they couldn't – obviously, there was no power. There was no, there was no way for most people to transact with credit cards or ATMs, et cetera, and there was a real problem there. And so many people do not have cash. That's how during 08 and 09, where I realized very quickly – I needed some cash in the house. And again, I'm not a prepper and I'm not talking doom and gloom, but we might be in a situation someday where you wake up and the grid is down. I mean, I don't know. And and I'll tell you right now, you're not going to take your credit card. Uh, or your Apple Pay and go to a go to a grocery store if their whole electronic system is down. You're not doing it. They're not going to take it, and they're not going to be a good faith about it either. So I think, in my opinion, when someone says, well, should I have gold in the house? Well, if you've ever traveled to a third-world country, the thought of taking a gold coin down to market to buy food is a laughing stock. That's ridiculous. Number one, you might not even get there. You'd probably, you know, get it have it taken it'd be a significant security threat but number two how are they going to make change for a $1,900 gold piece they're not going to do it so in our home in a safe uh, we keep $2,000 in cash in ones actually and that sounds a little crazy too because uh, if if there was an, a major issue and we needed to buy things I don't want them to have to make change I don't want to show up with a hundred dollar bill I want to show up with you know five ones and buy my milk and groceries and whatever and move on so I think I don't know how we got here, but uh, you know, I, I think that number one, I like the idea of keeping it simple. I don't think there's just 
It's just too much of a stretch. I know people that bounce around from this bank or this thing to this thing to try to get 25 basis points. And I don't know. I, I you know, 25 basis points is a quarter of 1%. So do the math, right? On, on $100, you've just made yourself an extra 25 cents. A year. So, a year. That that's, it seems like a lot of effort to go through to get, you know, that 25 cents. Yeah, it's not worth my time. Not worth my time either. I like the security of knowing my capital is held at this reputable, very solid institution. And in my opinion, they are bigger is better. So my emergency fund is still held with Capital One Financial. Uh, that's about the, the the riskiest I'll go as far as you know a bank that doesn't have branches, that kind of thing. I think they'd have some branch slash coffee shops now, whatever. I've never stepped foot in one. But I've got, I've got monies there as far as a savings account. And then my primary bank is Chase. Uh, has been for a very long time. I don't necessarily have people always want to call and have these significant personal relationships. I've really never, you know, gone down that path. I don't really have a desire to do so. Uh, but nonetheless, it's where our primary capital is held, business capital, etc. And then the only other relationship I have is a local credit union, uh, because they've been very good anytime I've wanted to utilize a home equity line of credit or do a commercial deal or something like that. They seem to be much more flexible than uh, than the big bohemian of Chase Bank. So that's there keeping it simple. There you go. Excellent question. Thank you so much. Make sure you check out DIYMoney.org for the boot camp that's coming up in June. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.